we were, it was just the two of us. We were going by the name of Caleb at the time. And the headliner really wanted us to come and do a meet and greet with everyone. Yeah. We were one yeah, of three. It was a favor that they were doing from my dad because he brought them on to her a long time ago. It's like ago. the first show. We were like, it was casting crowns. 16, nice. 17. Yeah. So, yeah. and they would introduce us to this room. They would do these massive meet and greets. Yeah. Massive. Like hundreds like of people. 250 people. And they would just literally have these people in a circle and we'd go through and shake their hands. <laughs> And they would just introduce us, and everyone's like, we shaking our them, hands. We always and, told them, and, well, like, we don't really, no one knows. Please like, don't make so us do this. Funny. It's just uncomfortable for them. It's uncomfortable yeah. for us. So they're yeah. shaking our hands, looking for the next band to come out, yeah. or they think we're the next band that's going to come out, yeah. which is even worse. Yeah. And finally, we're like, all right, here's the deal. When you introduce us, because <laughs> someone would introduce us and be like, the band Caleb. And everyone's like, who's that one? <laughs> so uh, and when you introduce us, this is what you need to say. Stephen Curtis Chapman's kids are out here with us, and they're really stoked to be playing some music. So everybody, please welcome Stephen Curtis Chapman's kids, and Caleb. I was like, you couldn't milk it enough. Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, brought to you by our patrons, where you learn how to love what is good and become what you love. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and the art of being human. We're more than a subscription company. Love Good is a movement of artists, patrons, and young people who believe in the power of beauty to change the world. And we're so pumped you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, the rumors are true. In just a few moments, you're going to hear an incredible conversation that I had only last week with Will and Caleb Chapman. They are Colony House, which is really one of the the rising stars in the world of alternative rock. They have been making music since 2014, and yet I have known about them for a long, long time. You know, I tried to keep it really cool. I really did. But I was pretty nervous, primarily because these guys are salt of the earth. They're right in the heart of the creative community here in Nashville. They've grown up in it, and they've been a part of it now themselves for quite some time. And so I, I just found it incredibly humbling and a great honor to have them. But also, you know, their dad, literally, his music changed my life in high school. And you know, I, I had to hold back from, from geeking out the entire time. But if you have not listened to Colony House yet, you're wrong. Okay, they have a brand new album coming out on Friday. That's this Friday, January 24th. It's called Leave What's Lost Behind. It's unbelievable. But to be honest, their first two albums are unbelievable too. So go ahead and start digging into Spotify and Apple Music this week. Pre-save their new album before it releases on Friday. Kick back, grab yourself a little cup of coffee and uh, enjoy this really intimate, really cool conversation with Will and Caleb Chapman of Colony House. We'll be back with them in just a few moments. Carry on and sing it like a soldier Saying, come on, come on We're gonna make it home Cause everybody's looking for some light You know, everybody's looking for some light We're back in the Love Good studio today with Will and Caleb Chapman. Gentlemen, thanks for, for coming on. 
Yes, sir. Thank Thanks you. for having us. You guys are not really up and coming anymore. In 2014, you released your debut, right? Colony House has since, at least in my little world, become a household name and all of my friends who listen to music that's probably way cooler than the music I listen to. And uh, and generally speaking, like I'm all about singer-songwriters in Nashville. I'm all about film scores. That's kind of my, my two favorite genres. But when I started hearing about Colony House from all my alt-rock fans, I thought, okay, who are these guys? And it actually took me a little while to, to place the connection with Caleb. I remember when you guys were touring under that name mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. And kind of grew up a big fan of your dad. Maybe mm-hmm. not grew up, but definitely by the time I was in high school, I thought, man, this is what life could look like mm. in a city where there's faith and there's creativity and there's real culture. Yeah. And it's a big part of what drew me to Nashville. Now you guys got stuck in traffic this morning, which mm, means sure. I brought too many of my friends with okay. me uh, over the last okay. 15 years. We're oh, welcoming yeah. people. It, yeah. it just, we have to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's it like growing up in a town like Nashville, growing up in the music industry, even if it's mostly just at a distance, especially as a kid, I'm sure. Mm. And then, you know, to have kind of done your own thing as Caleb for a little while, to have a major label, label deal, and now to be yet again independent as Colony House, yeah. mm-hmm. but to have half a million monthly listeners on mm-hmm. Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really exciting thing to watch unfold, but what's that journey been like for you guys? Man, Nashville, you talk about, you know, singer-songwriters and film scores and things like that being a big part of your listening. I mean, Q, that's kind of what we're always listening to. The singer-songwriter thing is in our blood with my dad being uh, one of the greats, in my opinion, and just being surrounded. You know, you go to, not to be cliche now, but like Bluebird Cafe and you can sit and hear legends play around a mic, you know, that you would never know are legends. They're just people that were selling insurance maybe a year ago and, and had a dream and then they wrote the biggest song in country music or whatever. Mm hmm that's a special like environment and it kind of when you're born and raised in it I think it kind of gets into your blood yeah so that's the way we've always approached music we've always said if the song doesn't work if I was playing it for you right now and it wasn't working it's probably not going to work when we turn it into this big old band Mm -hmm. song with lights and everything and that's that's been our approach so you know as far as Nashville and and just the I don't know. It's just an inspiring place. It's always been inspiring. Mm. We've gotten to travel a lot with my dad and as a band now, and we get the gift of going and seeing all these wonderful cities, but we've always wanted to come back. I was going to say, where's your favorite spot? If you could go back for a week and actually have a a, Mm. a holiday, where would you go? Oh man. I love the, I mean, I love the, the West coast. I mean, gosh, I love Seattle's great. A lot of friends out in Seattle, a lot of bands, a lot of friends that we've toured with over the years. But me and my wife took a trip to San Diego this past fall and have a ton of friends out there. So, gosh, I'll, I'll just say West Coast in general. I'll just yeah. go out and just drive up the coast. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, and there's so much beauty out there. It is. You know, I'll be out in Bremerton in about a week, so that's just outside of Seattle. Yeah. And you're just surrounded by the it's mountains. The you got hills in Tennessee, but yeah, no yeah. mountains. Totally. Until you get east. Yeah, you know? yeah. 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 That's amazing. So guys, I would love to to just open up with a song here. Okay. I'm huh. not gonna ask you guys to play. <laughs> yeah. But I'll never forget the first time I heard this beautiful life. I think it's last track on your twenty seventeen release. Yes. Right. I'll never forget sharing it with a lot of our patrons and a lot of our listeners when they became aware of it themselves. It was it almost felt like our our little battle cry. You know, Love Good is this movement of artists, of young people, of patrons who believe that beauty 
really matters. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, a culture without beauty will, will slowly turn in on itself. Mm-hmm. It'll sink into despair. This is really all about that. What in the world are we doing here? What is the meaning of it all? To fall in love, to make a life that's calm and stable, or just to find a place where I belong. Uh, and it goes on, second verse. While I go to water to find innocence, breathe deep the air to fill my lungs, and beauty sings his songs to me, every note I follow to find out where the voice is coming from. And even our, our logo is this arrow with a heart inside of it, which is meant to be a reminder that beauty pierces you, it wounds you, and then it leaves you in that state of wonder to you can't help but want to trace the, the arrow back to its source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even here you talk about beauty singing his songs to you. There's a lot of layers here and a lot of depth. Where does all that come from for you guys? You know, I'm sure there's a lot of incredible influences, you know, from your dad to the community of singer-songwriters that is Nashville. But to be honest, this level of poetry and lyrical depth is just rare. Mm-hmm. It's very, very rare in mainstream and, you know, kind of like local acts throughout the country, certainly in kind of in the more Christian space or here in Nashville, we obviously got country superstars everywhere. Yeah. You don't hear music like this very much. Mm. Where does it come from for you guys? What's the origin of this? Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it means a lot. <laughs> I, it's sure. so funny. Because I, I can remember reading, I, I, the rule I break all the time for myself is reading like reviews and comments about our music. Oh. And I can remember someone just being like, the lyrical content of our last album was not great. And, and even pointing out this song being like, yeah, it was okay. It's kind of cheesy and kind of thing. And those things like, I, those oh, are the things I yeah. remember so much more than all of the great things like this that are said, unfortunately. But a lot of it, a lot of these songs come from the in-between of being unsure and like, and feeling, yeah, the in-between is is kind of what I always say is like this, this feeling of the already and not yet. And this song specifically was inspired a lot by just being on the road and meeting so many different people and hearing their stories and being handed letters after shows and these people that seemingly have nothing in common with you like we live totally different lives but there's this connection and whether we're you know we believe the same thing or we don't believe the same thing we're like there's so like many factors that should separate us and put Mm -hmm. us in our own tribes and and yet we're able to share this like wonderful connection Mm -hmm. and i've always been struck by that and the importance of that beauty that you talk about i this is definitely a side note but when you said the thing about beauty when there's if you take beauty out of culture Mm. it starts to like disintegrate more or less i was just in uganda for like a quick trip to see some work with the refugees the south sudanese refugees and you know you're in the middle of like nowhere it's like way out there and someone said, and I can't, I don't know who to quote on this, but they said, you know, when a place is thriving, if there's flowers outside of mm. their house and there's these huts, like these like mud huts and, and they've like, they've got landscaping, yeah, they've man. got flowers. And that means there's hope in that place. Mm. And that's powerful. That's like this, that's what we, we want to, we want people to see the flowers outside of the colony house, <laughs> like, you know, that. and this beautiful life was very intentionally a question. 
and we didn't feel like we needed to answer the questions. Mm. Being raised in the church and everything, I I think so often we feel like we have to give people an answer. Like arrive at the resurrection by the mm-hmm. bridge of a song. <laughs> but totally. Otherwise we've, we've missed something. Totally. You know? Some people do really good job at giving answers. I've not, I'm not, I'm not a good job. I'm not a good answer, a question answer. But so, so, you know, I find my strength and that is asking questions and joint and having people come along. Cause I think there's value in that and that, and there is an arrival eventually somewhere. So yeah, it's a quest for beauty. <laughs> that song, just just yeah. keeping our eyes open, keeps you hungry. Uh huh. You know, because yeah. the desire is infinite. Totally. And yeah. Even if we get little glimpses, little satisfactions along the way, like there's gonna be that ache yeah. that remains. You know, this side of of heaven. So I, I love that. That's what this song did for me. It awesome. it stoked that infinite desire. Love it. Did you want to add anything to that? That was pretty good. That was very really good. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it. Leave yeah. it to that guy. I'm curious. To that guy. This this brother dynamic. So even when you were Caleb, you guys were still touring and recording together yeah. as brothers. Totally. What shifted? When did Colony House become the thing? How is it that you know? I thought I was the only one who knew about you know your first album when it released in 2014, mm-hmm. and then suddenly like every high school and college age person I'm meeting in my travels is obsessed with you guys. And I'm like, how do you know? That's because Ashley. Ashley, You know, it's it's amazing. (laughs) So uh, for those who don't know, they're the manager, their publicist (laughs) is here in the studio with us right now and made this moment possible. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But what what was that transition like? Because I'm not even sure I've got the sequence of events. Yeah. I mean, we started, yeah. Me and Caleb, we knew we wanted to play music out of high school. So we started playing music right out of high school, played for my dad and then did the Caleb thing. It, it was kind of always Caleb. I was kind of always just like along for the ride with Caleb. I knew he always was going to write the songs and I played drums. So it was like, wow, this is a good tag team. And did the Caleb, we we put out an EP under Caleb in like 2012, 11, 11. I remember mm-hmm. it was 11. Yeah. And then did like that for like three, two or three years. And it was, we kind of found ourselves in the like, okay, people were always like, is it, Caleb is it a band what is this mm-hmm. so at that point we like I remember in probably 2013 kind of starting to have the conversation like okay if we really want to do this like we should change the name so people are like it's it's more of a band thing it feels more of like a band name and then let's make a record we hadn't made like a, a record and so it's you had an EP I remember, at that point yeah I had yeah. an EP yeah. out under Caleb and it was that was kind of the like okay let's do this started making uh when I was younger in yeah 2013 and then put it out July of 14. And and so Scott, our guitar player, he's been with us since, I mean, around 2010, Caleb days. Caleb days. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been doing it for a long time. A lot of people are like, nice, dude. 2014, first record. Cool. Six years. It's been about six, seven years. Pretty good. We're like, nah, it's been, it's been like 11, like 11, 30 now. years. <laughs> well, it's been like 30 years. But yeah, so yeah. a little longer than some people think. But it's, yeah, so in 14, we mm-hmm. kind of officially made the change and yeah, it's been it's been good. From the outside looking in, people always assume things just sort of explode overnight. Yeah, yeah. But there's usually a lot of legwork. Oh, yeah. In fact, I've heard it so many times that most first attempts at a business, and every music career is a business, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to make it actually sustainable, sure. it almost always flops. 90% of first businesses fail. Mm. Everybody who goes back a second time and tries again, 90% success rate. Wow. So in some wow. ways, you're experimenting, you know, under... Yeah. 
Caleb. I would yeah, say yeah. that. That was our failure. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, totally. this is, no. Uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. I'll but, uh, you. What you're doing right now is working. Yeah. And it's working oh, for a lot you, of man. people in a, in a growing fan base. Appreciate it. Uh, in fact, I tried desperately to get to your show in Nashville, but it sold out in five seconds, uh, yeah, maybe eight. Was, yeah. Was, I mean, come on. That's pretty, it was quick. It's pretty quick awesome. enough for my mom to give me a call and say, you need your managers to get on this. Something's <laughs> broken. And I was like, mom, I think they just sold out. That is a good problem. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's just have a moment, if you don't mind. So I was a sophomore, nope, freshman in high school. I was on a retreat, and I heard your dad's Speechless album for the first time. If you can imagine this, I didn't know Christian music existed, had no idea. But that album became a bit of a soundtrack to a, a real deepening of conversion for me. You know, over the, over the next couple of years, I finally realized this is, it's not enough to just say I believe. I've got I've to live this at the core of my being, you know? So one of the things I always was inspired by was the way that, you know, I was able to perceive your family life, even at a mm -hmm. distance. And that was mm -hmm. obviously through your dad's stories and certainly through his albums. Yeah, but what has that, that journey been like? It sounds like probably from the earliest memories you had, there's been a support system there. There's been a, a tremendous sense of what it means to be family. I mean, you're both married with mm -hmm. at least a kid, mm -hmm. each, two, two, yeah, two yeah. for one. me, one for Will. So yeah. you're, you're clearly not afraid, you know, to be forging a career in music, to be, yeah. you know, getting married, you know, fairly young and having kids. Mm -hmm. Like that really sets you all apart, certainly for our generation. And, sure. and it inspires people like me and it gives our parents and our grandparents hope that like there's good things coming, <laughs> you know? But what was that like for you to grow up? I know it wasn't perfect, you know, yeah. but looking in it, it certainly was inspiring at yeah. distance. <laughs> it definitely wasn't perfect. And <laughs> I think the reason it was inspiring was because my parents never wanted to paint the picture that it was perfect. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I can be honest, it's, it's probably a little gnarlier than, than perceived as well. Like it, yeah. it like when you're, when you're being bold and, trying to do things well, trying to do things you believe in, like my parents have, whether it's the music or the nonprofit work they do with adoption. It just feels like you're constantly under attack. You know, yeah. it's like some someone, something is always trying to bring you down yeah. and tear you apart. And so our families always felt like it's just on the brink of falling apart, mm. whether it's through, you know, loss of our little sister or through things that happen with the the work or the industry and all those things just feels, but that it's everyone, you know, this is the life we know. Mm -hmm. It's everyone's life. And that's what, that's the common bond here is like, we're all just like holding on. That's right. And I think the reason I've, I've done a lot of analyzing, like, why do I not resent my dad for traveling a lot and, and, working hard you know because a lot of people a lot of kids that are raised and it's not like we're like like paparazzi following us around or anything but like right. you know raised in the spotlight there there's issues there a lot of times mm -hmm. and not saying that i don't have issues but i love my dad and mm -hmm. i love my mom and i think it's just because there was always an effort you know he was always there like he would fly in for 10 hours just to see our little league soccer game that That's doesn't cool. matter but it did matter you yeah. know like yeah so as much as he toured and as hard as he worked i never felt i don't have these memories of like where's dad mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i never had the like like kid in the corner like well, i wish my dad was here everyone else you know like and i know he was gone a lot 
but I don't have, that's not the kind of residual. So as you know, we're kind of entering into fatherhood, there's hope there. It's yeah. like, cause my brother-in-law is literally asked as we've watched families just drop like flies and mm. marriages fall apart and everything like that. Like he, my brother-in-law is one of my favorite people. He's like, why are you doing it? Why is it, why, is it worth it? You're putting your family at risk. Yeah. Like putting your marriage at risk. Is it worth it? And it was a genuine question. It wasn't, it wasn't backhanded. And I was like, yeah, I think it is like, it's totally worth it. Marriages, you know, fall apart all the time. Dad stays home and <laughs> works at nine to five, you know, like it's, it's the decision that me and my, my wife have to make and, and the intentionality that we put behind the, you know, like taking the red eye home from yeah, San man. Francisco for, you know, for the day off. Yeah. Even that word intentionality. Yeah. Most of us are living pretty passive lives. You know, mm -hmm. we're just sort of taking things as they come. We're maybe even passively drifting at times. You see mm -hmm. this, I think, a lot of times with just this, the screen addiction that's growing, mm. you know, in, in our era. But that word intentionality, it, it always strikes a chord when I'm with young people, especially, because they realize that that's, that's the key, you know, to happiness, to fulfillment, to a life that is lived on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's cool. You have to fight for that. You're aware of that, but there's there's an authentic realization of, hey, we don't have this all figured out over here, you know? Yeah. And you're, for some reason, you have the courage to struggle even in front of people. That's the thing, man. That Like, John Foreman and Tim grew up, their dad's pastor, and Tim, I remember Tim saying, he just, he's all, they've always res respected my dad. My dad's been a big champion for them in the early days, and and we were just kind of having a, our dads are awesome moments. And, and he and Tim was like, it's one thing to see your dad up on stage preaching. It's another thing to see him on his knees at six in the morning when you walk down. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. it's real. That's like what solidifies. It's like it's not just their show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because there's a lot of people that it is more more mm -hmm. of a show than yeah. it is. That dates back as old as as the BC times. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Away with your show, you know. Yeah. That's one of my favorite John Foreman solo songs right there. Indeed. You know? All right. I want to dig into the album. Um, All right. I've really enjoyed the singles that have already released. Your last two full-length records really did blow my mind. You know, there's very rarely an album that you just listen to from start to finish over and over again without it getting boring. <laughs> and again, I don't want to overstate it, but like Mumford & Sons is in that category. Yeah. Not every one of their albums, but couple for sure I hear you. and you can sense that there's a story being told and this is a lost art you know we're mm -hmm. living in a in a single driven streaming yeah. music industry for nowadays sure. so how do you preserve the art of telling a story over the course of an entire album i mean this is 13 tracks and mm -hmm. this is really unique because it's you know it sounds to me very much like it, it came out of uh, an inspired phone call with your granddad yeah and uh, kind of a, a real exercise of your imagination and it's not that you reinvented yourself; it's that you're 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 being bold, mm. and you're you're continually taking things to the next level as artists. For those who haven't read your press releases, for those who are perhaps being exposed to the fact that you have an album coming out on January twenty fourth for the first time, yeah, uh, give us the rundown. What do we have to look forward to here? Well, I mean, I think it's the best thing we've ever done for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think so too. Yeah, I mean, I think we we found ourselves what was that summer of 16 you know, 17 with RCA when we were kind of like we were we were 
on a major label on the last record, and we found ourselves kind of a year after that record had come out. Summer of 2018, I what guess. What has that been in summer of it? Yeah, 18. We kind of found ourselves, we were like kind of gearing up for like, okay, what what's the next thing going to be for Colony House? It's, you know, at the time it was like, what you know, we're going to be with RCA. It's We're going to figure this out. And we found ourselves kind of starting to almost try to do the the single-ish thing where mm-hmm. we were like, we were just starting to write songs that like, there was no connection. It was like, oh, this is a cool idea. This is a cool song. Oh, here's a cool idea. Here's a cool song. And we'd keep sending them to RCA and it'd be like two of the people out of the 500 people that worked there were like, that's tight. <laughs> and then the other 500 people were like, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. It's, it's a little exaggerated, but it was kind of like, it just felt a little bit like, oh, who, we don't really know yeah. what people th- like or don't like. So long story short, we kind of found ourselves at a, at a little bit of a standstill and we ended up getting out of the deal with RCA and, um, we got dropped. We we got dropped. I like just saying it. <laughs> yeah. We got, got dropped, dropped like a bad habit. And and we got and it wasn't there dropped. and we couldn't have been more grateful. <laughs> it was. It was a very unique and and the good thing was it was a very and and when you th- when you hear stories, you know, of getting dropped off a major label, it's usually pretty pretty terrible. Ours was very clean and quick what so we have no it, it was, <laughs> it was one of those nice. things was like all the people yeah. that we worked with inside of rca called us like three weeks after we got <laughs> dropped and we're like man we man, had no, no idea, idea. And i was like I that's about it's right it's all good man yeah. hey we had a good time we really <laughs> liked time. working with y'all yeah, it was really, um, thanks but for no we were just grateful that we didn't have to like yeah like fight for anything yeah. or like we weren't put on the hook of like well you got to be here but we're going to just keep yeah. saying no to your song ideas yeah it was that that was the gift yeah so that's the backstory of of starting to be like yeah, all be- right wash our hands of that kind of shake off the dust of like trying to appease mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and let's start writing songs again yeah and writing an album and writing stories again, telling stories. We're Nashville boys. So we tell stories. <laughs> and so for that whole year of twenty nine of twenty eighteen, we uh we scrapped everything. Well, we were demoing and then at in November we scrapped everything. Like every demo, every like every idea we were like, it just feels disjointed. Mm. Let's like start at ground zero. And that was around the time when you mentioned this phone call with my grandpa happened. Mm. I was like, <laughs> I was sitting in my house like this on my piano <laughs> and thinking, oh my gosh, this is never going to happen. <laughs> and my phone goes, <laughs> and I looked at it and it was this Paducah, Kentucky phone number. And I was like, that is a robot. And so I put it down, went back. <laughs> my phone buzzed again and I pick it up and it's my grandpa. And I'm like, oh, it's Paducah again. Maybe it's my grandpa or grandma. And but I, I can't tell you if I've ever had a phone call from them. And I pick it up. It's my grandpa. Hey, Will. I'm like, this is Caleb. <laughs> but, but, but hey, grandpa. Great start to it. And, uh, and he was like, oh, Caleb. Yeah, sorry. I knew it was one of you. And, uh, and uh, he was like, he was like, what are you doing? And he was literally just calling to check in. Mm. And I I love my grand. He he like still works full time at his music store in Paducah, I Chapman guitars, Chapman music. 
still teaches guitar lessons. Wow. Only he doesn't just teach guitar lessons, though. He teaches you, you have to sing and play guitar. Nice. One doesn't go without the other. So I'm still working full time. And so we don't get to see him a ton, but he just was calling. It was like a two minute conversation. And he was like, I, you know, how's the songwriting going? And I'm like, it's going. I'm trying. I'm, mm. It's like a little tough, but, and he's like, well, guess what, buddy? I believe in you. I love you. I think, I just think, I believe, I'm praying that this next, these next song God's going to give you are going to be big songs. And I was like, thanks so much, Grandpa. It really <laughs> means a lot. Grandpa Bubba. And, and he was like, all right, bye. <laughs> and I hung up the phone. And I promise it was like, unlike anything and not, and it didn't really happen, but it felt like it was like this like movie moment. It was like tunnel vision, ding. And like, I could see kind of the finish line Mm. of like, this is the story you're supposed to tell. And that story in a nutshell, and I will keep it in a nutshell, is my grandpa's dad was not in the picture. Mm. And my grandpa rarely talks about it, but it is a, occasionally I've had the the honor of hearing him open up about his relationship or lack thereof with his dad. Mm. He saw his dad three times in his whole life, once in elementary school, once in high school, and then at his dad's funeral. And he was like the only one there. Mm. His dad struggled with alcohol, but wasn't, wasn't a, you know, like a, a bad person just went off to the Navy and just never really came home but would write these letters home to my great grandma who I who I knew well granny and they're beautiful letters they're like even down to the script i mean it looks like it's a typeface you know it's beautiful he's super poetic and my great grandma used to say cuz she was really musical everyone would be like well steven obviously got it from you <laughs> and she says he he got the music from me but he got the lyrics from wow. from virgil wow and she loved him Till the end, she just they he couldn't get it together. He yeah. he died in in a drunk tank, and but he in these letters he was trying so hard. Mm. He would, you know, the letters were at first love letters from the Navy, and then they turned into, you know, I saw this amazing picture in the theater. It's about this deer and this bunny. I think it's called Bambi. <laughs> and, and he's like, you should really take the boys and make sure the boys are going to church. And you know, it's so important that we raise good Christian boys. And this is, I assume he had a little bit of a country accent. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, I'm trying to get it together. I promise. Could I, I would love to see the boys. I promise I won't show up drunk. Mm-hmm. And those kind of things are like really heartbreaking, but really inspiring. And I grew to love this man. And I've always been fascinated, like what went wrong? He was an amazing, he was like this star athlete in high school, great family background, everything, and just fell apart. And so I felt like I had something in common, though I don't struggle with alcohol or addiction in that way. Like I, I have always had this feeling like I'm not enough mm. and it's been, and it's manifested itself in different ways. But I felt like I was a lot more connected to this person than I probably should be. Like he and I loved him. And I went and I wish I could tell him, like, hey, he probably saw his life as a failure. Mm. And I see it as inspiring. 
mm. and and as like redeemable, you know. Mm. And I wanted to be a part of that. Like I don't want him to go down in history as the one that we should probably not talk about. Yeah. If anything, it's the reason why my grandpa was the way he is and my dad is who he is and now we're doing what we're doing like it all plays a part in this yeah. so to tell the story of that vice or that thing that you feel like is is what's going to mark you is so often the lie mm-hmm. and it's it's you that voice getting in your way because and and not letting like all the beauty that's inside of you mm-hmm. show and i wanted to talk about that and how it's affected me personally and also encourage people and and to like I've always been trying to find common ground with the people listening to our music and yeah. just to like yeah not give power to those voices and and try to help people shut them down yeah while i process it myself because mm. it's something i am working on you know and so i'm a i love you know the like old west and i love the vibe of i i think i see things in movie kind of in the arc of a movie and and so i thought it'd be cool to like tell this story mm. it through the album of this man loosely inspired this is my grandpa's story right. my great grandpa's story but it kind of inspired by mm-hmm. by my great grandpa my son's obsessed with choo-choo trains literally obsessed like it's not just like a all boys love choo-choo trains it's it's <laughs> a next level obsession yeah. um how old is he he's f- almost five nice yeah and my nephew grew out of it by four so yeah he loved trains still, and then he was over no no so he's real he it's he's in for the long haul we were literally yesterday i was looking up how much conductors make a year <laughs> just to that's, prepare that's yourself because right, that's yeah. what he wants to be um and and i love that my my great my great grandma and my grandpa both worked for the railroad. Wow. So it's kind of this crazy history. Now that my son's so obsessed with it, we've do- we've taken the dive pretty far into it. And naturally that informed the kind of setting of this album, mm. the the like narrative part of it. There's like this kind of, it doesn't talk about it necessarily. I mean, I, I talk about the coal is burning hot is a lyric that's kind of there. And there's, I don't know how many train references there are, but it is like this setting of this, mm runaway character and then well mr porter shows up at the end well he's mm-hmm. there in in all of them but his name shows up at the end his two unlikely candidates mm-hmm. start a conversation and that informs the whole this album. this narrative yeah it's amazing it's amazing yeah and honestly even the title has been something i've had to like kind of think deeply about these last 48 hours you know, leave what's lost behind. I, I don't know how you could say so much in four words, but you did. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out oh, too. Oh <laughs> man, there's so much there, you know, and you know, you talk about your great grandfather and hearing, you know, what those letters must have been like for his wife to have read. There was something raw, something mm-hmm. real, mm-hmm. A, a struggle, right? right? But also an authenticity there. I hear that in the way that, that you talk. I hear that certainly in the, the songs that you guys share with the world. And that then trickles down to your fans and to everyday people like me and love good patrons who want to live more authentically, who want to live mm-hmm. an integrated life, who don't want to pretend like everything's okay all the time, mm-hmm. yeah. who want permission to struggle out loud, yeah. you know, and and to trust that redemption is is still possible mm-hmm. in every little aspect of their lives and every dark corner of their heart and even their history, you know? There's so much more we could talk about, but um, 
I fear we're, we're running out of time. You guys have rehearsal. Eventually, <laughs> yes, I'll just do. get back to the desk and do what I do right here on. in Nashville. But I'm really, really excited about this album and really pumped to help get that word out because you guys are about to hit the road as well. Yes, Sounds like sir. you're going to yeah, be all man. over the country for a couple months. Yes. Yeah, we're doing this Nashville, kind of crazy Nashville show. And then in February, starting on Valentine's Day, we... We're going to go out. Hit the road. Do, do what we do best, I think. Amazing. Go play shows. So if I could turn a few thousand of our people into your super fans, what, what's the first two things you want them to do upon hearing this podcast? Oh, go, our manager would say, go follow us on Spotify or something. Yeah. And and find all, yeah, yeah. Go follow us. We're, yeah. we're pretty funny guys. We're, yeah. I mean, it's, we're not, we don't just put out like music. Yeah. We're funny guys. Yeah. Give us a follow. Uh, give us a follow on any <laughs> and all the platforms. Uh, and gosh, when will this podcast come out? Probably we'll time it perfectly with the album release. Yeah. So listen to Leave What's Lost Behind. Yeah. Amen, and yeah. tell all your friends. It's awesome. Tell them all. Caleb, Will, it has been a privilege beyond what I can put into words. I'm Thank so pumped you, about all that's happening in y'all's life and in your career. Thank you. And I hope this is the beginning of many conversations to come. Yes. Oh, yes, Thank sir. You, Thank you. Appreciate Peace. it. Yeah, so I'm really serious when I say I hope that is the first of many conversations to come. Will and Caleb, massive thanks to you guys for uh, being on the show this week and for allowing us to rally alongside this new album. And actually, y'all, next week I've got a very exciting opportunity for you that has everything to do with Colony House and everything to do with Love Good Patronage. You know, we talked about beauty towards the beginning of this conversation and the power that it has to elevate your heart to place hope where there was once despair, light where there was once darkness. And one of the great privileges of running Love Good is getting to see transformation in our patrons, right? These folks across the world who invest between five or 10, upwards of $100 a month in artists like Colony House, independent artists who not only, you know, want to be supported, clearly they want to be supported, but that have a gift that needs to be brought into the world, right? And that that needs to be expanded far beyond their reach, wherever they find themselves. And Colony House is definitely a bigger artist than many that we have the privilege of coming alongside that, you know, we're talking tens of millions of streams of some of their singles on Spotify alone. And these guys are awesome, but becoming a Love Good patron in support of artists like Colony House is about to get easier and more attractive than ever before. And again, that announcement will come next week. You guys are awesome. Hope you have an amazing, amazing rest of your week. And hopefully you're not too cold wherever you find yourself. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere and if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, my dear friends in New Zealand, I, I think many of you are at a camp right now. I miss you. I wish I could be there with you, but I'm just holding down the fort here in Nashville and loving being a part of this movement. You guys make it all worth it and you make the whole thing possible. So thanks again. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll see you next Tuesday with one of our regular contributors. Peace. Peace.
Thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Start enjoying our exclusive content and seasonal packages that will raise your standard for music, books, and art and inspire you to build a better culture. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.